Hey, it's Alex here, and I'm uh, with Sean. Sean is a member of the Business Matter Insiders. Welcome, Sean. Hello, how are you doing? Fabulous. How about yourself, Sean? Fantastic. It's a beautiful morning here in Boston. I can't complain. So you're Irish and in Boston, but uh, I'll I'll cut I'll cut to the chase. You were born in the United States. You're also American, so you're a fake Irishman. Uh, but let's talk about business. So you had some good news from last month. What's the good news that you'd like to share with all of us? Yeah, just just short of a five-figure month, my first five-figure month. So four, I think it was four hundred dollars short. So super excited. I'm learning a lot, implementing a lot, and uh, things are moving. You know. Wait, five-figure month. Let let's let's talk specifics here. People like specifics. Everyone's saying all this figure, this figure, that. What are the specifics? What happened? So I got some new clients on board, and I've been helping them with understanding more about their uh, their actual re- research and helping them progress their understanding in marketing. And then from that, then I've been able to close more uh, clients for copywriting services because mm. I've got that trust, I've got that authority um, from, from helping them. And uh, that's pretty much what's been going on. So these clients have been coming back to me and they're willing to, to invest more money into working with me because of that reason. So this month has been pretty much based on that. Um, clients that have, have raised my prices, they're happy to pay that. And as a result, um, I've had more revenue. So Right, right. And, and what exactly was your revenue? What was the number? If you want to share, of course. Nine... $9,555 in total. All right. All right. All right. Because some people don't know what five figures is. So, all right. So that, that's very close to 10K. Congratulations. And what was the profit margin on that in your uh, business? About 90% or so around that. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're delivering a lot of the service. You're still delivering yourself basically. Okay. Okay. That's fair. What type of service are you currently selling? I mean, it's marketing, but more specifically. Yeah. So I'm, I'm offering um help with wherever there's a message, you know, whether it's their emails, whether it's their website, their landing page, a sales page, I'm coming in and I'm, I'm helping them revamp that and to connect with their audience to put their out there. It's a copywriting service, essentially. Uh, right, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, just to use the more common name, maybe, maybe you don't like saying that. You don't like saying that it's copywriting? I mean, I prefer to say help you enhance your marketing message because it's not just copy. Like a lot, a lot of the connotation of copywriting these days is like people just get some kind of cheap job. A lot of prospects I talk to think it's this just $200, $300 job. Oh boy, are they mistaken. If you want results in copywriting, you're going to pay. You're going to pay. And that's why there's a lot of education on the call where I'm like, hold on a wee second here. Like, take your time and listen to what I got to tell you. Like, you're going just to get- ask them how much money they've made with their copywriting efforts and they don't know. And they don't know because they didn't work with a proper copywriter. They didn't work with a proper copywriter because they think you could hire a copywriter for $100. No, a, a good copywriter knows what's up, yeah. just like with anything else almost. So it's been, um, it's been a really good learning experience like since, since um, changing the copywriting. I've learned a lot. And, uh, there's still so much more. I feel like I've only hit the tip of the iceberg kind of thing. You know, There's so much more to dive into. Um, Let's say average client charge you, like give me a ballpark here. Maybe we don't want very specific numbers you know, on the internet, but, but just a ballpark. What, what, what type of uh, pricing are we talking about here? Um, well, depending on their needs. Like, you know, it, it depends on what specifically they need, whether they need a package or whether it's just a one-off thing. But it, it would vary between one to three K. Okay. Yeah. And this is as of today. If anyone's watching this in the future, you know, obviously Sean's prices have gone up. So don't expect to get the same deal 
or anything like that. As someone gets better at running their business and their service that their business sells becomes better, you know, one, two, three thousand hours is cheap at that point, right? So, so in the beginning, you've been in business for for some time, right? But but maybe a year from now, someone watching the video, maybe you won't even work with someone unless it's profit share, revenue share, right? Well, that's funny you say that. I've had a few of those deals this month and I'm waiting to come through. So that's exciting. Oh, yeah, oh you're already working on revenue and profit share deals. Yeah, uh, two clients. So one of them is just profit revenue share. Um, I, wrote, I wrote an email for his list and we, I get a percentage of that. And then there's another client where it was included in the fee. So um, hopefully next year, it'll be more, more of those, <laughs> you know. So what have you learned in business in the last six months that has allowed you to, to get to this level that you're at right now? Because it's, it's a fairly, you know, it's fairly competitive what you're doing or it's considered to be fairly competitive. In reality, people get results. There is no competition for that in, in copywriting. But, but let's just assume that there is competition. What have you learned? Sure. So what I've learned is that a majority of copywriters out there are just, um, this is just copywriting, obviously, I go into business too. Copywriters are just looking for the next gig. They're just looking for the next paycheck. Um, and they, they, they fail to build an actual relationship with the person that they're working with. And so once you can do that, once you can build a connection with that person, um, you, can, you can become an authority figure for them. You can actually help them grow their business, right? So that's something I've learned is actually putting the client first, not just, not just trying to make some money, put some fancy numbers into your bank account. And um, it's much deeper than that. And when you can do that, like your relationship grows with the client. It almost can develop into a friendship and it can be a long-term thing as well. So you can charge more. You both make money together. And it's just a win-win all, all around. Like, so that's what I've never copyrighted. I'm a business is kind of the same, you know, um, the more you serve your client, the more you're actually out to help them. They can sense that. As humans, we can sense that. If someone's just trying to get, you know, get one up on us, then, you know, we're not interested. So in business, I've realized that the more you can just be authentic in what it is you're trying to do, you know, the better you can, you can end up with the client or without the client, uh, regardless. Hope that makes sense. Okay. And, and what about your ability to sell to people? So what you just described, I would consider that to be part of sales, but. Absolutely. It's, it's all, it's all transferable. It's all transferable. Like it's, um, you know, it's taking away the ego, I suppose. Um, not to sound woo-woo, but taking away your ego to make money and just helping the person for where they're at, meeting them where they're at. And when you do that, like they know that, they sense that, and they bring the guard down and they want, they want to open up and actually explain more about what they're actually going through and not just the surface level problems. And so when you can get there and um, you can dig into that, uh, then, you know, it, it's a lot easier. It's an actual conversation. It's not, a, to me, it's not even a sales. It is a sales call, but it's not like I'm doing the sales thing now. I'm actually having a conversation with them. That, that's real, that's authentic, and it, uh, it helps, it's helped a lot. So I think that's single-handedly been what's allowed me to, to grow the business to where it's at now, like 100%. What have you learned in terms of lead generation? Like, we're, we're, how do you get all these clients? We don't have to get into nitty-gritty, like, like every step of the way, you know, that would take hours, but what have you learned in terms of lead generation so far? Like, what, what types of stuff are you doing? Well, I've learned a lot of the stuff from the mastermind, you know, um, following the processes in there and uh, the, the strategies that, that are provided. Um, so that's certainly been a really big help. And then I'm also doing other stuff too in the mastermind. I'm, like I'm, I'm posting a lot on my Facebook wall. I'm building that um, authority too. You know, I'm, I'm mm. showing that I know what I'm on about. I'm not just some guy on Upwork, you know, trying to make some money or just some guy just running a, a freelance business. Um, I'm actually really diving into this stuff and I'm posting every day. So with that, um, I'm generating inbound leads too. So slowly, it's a long game though. It's not just you know, a month or two turnaround. This is a long game. Um, so I'm posting every day. And with that, I'm improving my writing every day. Um, people are seeing that. People are seeing that I'm getting better. And it's just slowly, 
it's going up, which is great. So that's what I'm doing mostly. Um, I've been I've been playing around with cold emails as well. It's just other other things I'm trying out. There's always something new I'm trying. So that's interesting. And what was your life like before? Uh, I think this is a very interesting story. What was your life like before you figured out how to run a business? And when was this? I'd been traveling. I came out of university uh, studying computer science. I wasn't really too into, with the degree, I was working like a, a full-time job for a year. It was like a, and I hated it, absolutely hated it. I knew that like I couldn't work nine to five. It was just like right there and then I was like, I'm not going to spend 40 years doing this. And so I decided to go traveling where I was playing music, working on construction sites, you name it, I'd done it kind of thing. And I was just kind of figuring out what to do. <laughs> just going through life. Like, I mean, traveling was good, but I had no idea what direction I was going in. And so with that, I was like, right, okay, I got to figure something out. Um, and then the music obviously provided a lot more time. So with more time, I had more more hours to figure out what I was going to do. And that's where I kind of started listening to different books. Um, Millionaire Fastlane was one of them, mm. Unscripted. Those kind of books helped trigger me to develop that like drive to want to build a business. And so mm. that's where I stumbled across another member in the group and they uh, referred me to BMI. And um, from there then I've just learned. It's just been constantly learning new things, exciting things, implementing new things and seeing results. So I don't know where I would be without that to sound that sound corny, but without BMI, I don't know where I would be. Probably still working on the construction side, failing at some other business model. I'm not sure. Okay, well, it's been interesting seeing how you progressed from uh, when you joined. You were literally still playing on the street. By the way, there's another person in BMI who used to play in the street. I'll introduce you guys. Oh, really? <laughs> we'll share some stories. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's yeah. doing well. He's doing like it's he's doing well. Well, like almost seven figures right now. But anyway, isn't that funny? There's two people. I would never have expected that. But anyway, so you were basically doing that type of stuff. And then you're like, oh, shit. How did you switch to actually sitting down behind a computer for like eight hours a day and actually building a business after that? Like, how, did, how, how was that transition? So I was already used to kind of working behind a computer with my background in computer science. So there was no oh, issue yeah, with yeah. understanding that. But um, I don't know. I just, I really, I really enjoyed learning new things. I enjoyed the hustle. I enjoyed um, putting in the time to, to understand and learn and, and just grow kind of thing. Uh, to me, it wasn't really like, oh, no, I've got to put in eight hours a day. Like, it, it wasn't like that for me. It was just... I was just eager to learn and move forward. So I don't know. I'm sure you realize too, when you're not focused on the time, time goes by quicker. So that was just kind of like what it was like for me. I wasn't, I wasn't dreading work. I wasn't like, oh no, I have to work until whatever time, mm. 5, 6 p.m. I was just getting it done, man. And uh, that's pretty much been the same thing. Like, uh, I enjoy, enjoy what I do. And, and how has your life changed since then? So we know what you were doing before yeah. and what are you doing now? Maybe you're traveling less. Yeah. Um, so I've got a lot more freedom, but I am traveling less, which is kind of funny because you think more freedom equals more travel. But uh, I've, I've had the ability to be able to move and see my family when I want to, which is fantastic. You know, I'm not locked down in a job where I can only visit my family once or twice a year. I can mm. go and see them whenever I like. But I find that traveling too never didn't really help me as much. Um, in terms of progress, like progress is slow down with the business sometimes. It was just harder to maintain, right? So although I have more freedom, I'm spending more time in one location to try and grow this thing to, to where I want it to be. And then I'll maybe commence traveling again afterwards if it's sustainable kind of thing. So to answer your question, freedom, enjoyment, I suppose, then I'll have to get up on the early Monday morning and sit in Boston traffic for three hours <laughs> and go to some office I don't want to be in. So that's that's kind of how I think it's, it's helped my life a lot. You basically moved to North America. You, you 
you focus a lot of time on business now. You're traveling less, but soon, I mean, if you wanted to, you could travel. Like for people, some people have the opposite, right? So for you, you were traveling a lot doing street music and now you're uh, more in one location than you used to be. But if for others, it's exactly the opposite. They want to travel more. What would you advise them? I would advise them to just make sure you know what you're doing. Map out what it is you have to do. Like align your goals. Like what is it you're trying to achieve? Is traveling realistic? Is that going to help you get to that goal? Like if it's if you haven't tracked that, if you haven't put that out in front of you, then chances are it might not work out too well or you're going to end up you know stagnant for where you're at. You might not reach those goals. So, I mean, it's great to travel too. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, 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 lo- I love traveling and it, people do run their business and travel all the time. It can't be done. And not to take that away. I think anyone that can do that. It's just about being in a really good routine, no matter where you are. So you have to be super, super disciplined to do that, I think. Um, but that can be developed as well easily. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does a- answer my question, actually. Yeah, yeah. we recommend in, in BMI and Business Mentor Insiders, uh, which Sean is a member of, we recommend travel at the most every three months. And then you could do that. You, you could mm. just do that. Preferably yeah. to places that, yeah, I, I understand people want to have fun. They want to go to all kinds of places and that's fine. But preferably to places with good internet, right? And, and like air conditioning, if it's a hot place. So you should be able to afford a place with air conditioning at least. If, if you can, North America, you know, some parts of Asia, some parts of Europe, they're better than other parts because there's better internet. There's better just, you know, you're not going to get killed in traffic or something like that. You don't have to end up in a hospital. But that, that's, it is also possible to be more adventurous and go to like Thailand and whatever. Like everything is possible. It's just a matter of how much are you willing to sacrifice in terms of business growth to be able mm. to go to anywhere, right? So some people want to sacrifice 80% of business growth and they just want to travel all the time. We still recommend every three months and they can do that. Other people, they want to sacrifice zero and they stay mostly in one location, like big city, like Boston, London, New York, and so on. But their business grows faster. They can hire teams faster and so on, right? So it's, it's, it's personal choice, but we have certain recommendations. And I'm happy to see that for you, it's working out. Like you successfully mm-hmm. did end up building a business and you are in one location. And now you're also going to leverage the location you're in, as I understand it from our conversation before the recording, right? Yeah. Yeah, it has to be done. I mean, I'm in one of the, what did you say Boston is? It's one of the third biggest cities in the United States. Boston is is one of the wealthiest, like Massachusetts, it's it's the top three wealthiest areas in the United States. That's what, that's the correct thing. Yeah. I would have to be a lunatic not to start leveraging that, you know, not to start going to events and meeting people. And yeah, that's just silly. So yeah, I'm going to start doing that, obviously. Start going to meet up events. People, People spend their entire lives. They don't make it there. Then they have children and then they spend another half of their life teaching the children just so they can go there, just so they can study in that kind of area, just so they can get to know people from that area, just so they can be around success. And you're just there. You're just like, hi, what's up? So may as well use it. May as well use it. It's it's like the cream of the crop there because I used to live there and, you know, I don't consider myself cream of the crop or anything like that. But, but Certainly, I've met truly amazing people. Like, like I was introduced to, I think I met the first billionaire that I ever met was in Boston, I think. Certainly, the first person making 100 million I met in Boston. So that was interesting indeed. Very nice location. So mm. thanks for sharing, Sean. I really appreciate Absolutely. it.